When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassman come right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week twice a week wherever you get your podcasts and a special episode this weekend on the pop culture cosmos and my other show the inside sports fantasy football where we did a mega special one hour episode that's on both channels so go ahead and check it out on either channel, Inside Sports Fantasy Football or the Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus also as well, Game Source, of course. The great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Ox1947. You know he's been talking Lakers schedule, the ins, the outs, where the Lakers got, eh, got a little bit messed up, where their things are going right in the schedule. He'll talk about what's going on with the schedule here today but you know he's been talking about it at lakersball.com go ahead and be part of the conversation today at lakersball.com plus you know if your lawn out there on the west coast is all sloppy and messy due to all the rain and stuff like that you could have gone and made something a little bit better for yourself especially in the southern california area you could have that lawn transformed into something much more magical whether it's raining or sunshine go ahead and you can change that today with Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Plus also as well, of course, our good friends at Lakerholics.com. The next scheduled Lakerholics Spotlight is going to be Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. So go ahead and check out what Laker Tom's latest articles is are all about at Lakerholics.com. Plus Jamie Sweet is there with his five things. Those guys, will, again, will be on live here on this channel Sunday at 2 p.m. But I do want to make sure that you go ahead and check out Laker Tom's latest articles, uh, latest article where it is 10 things from 10 players that need to happen before the Lakers win a world championship, in his opinion. So go ahead and check it out today at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend John McCallion just put up a stream the other day talking about his goal is 50 pounds more he needs to lose by Halloween. Can he do it? Go ahead and join his journey today at the John McCallion channel. Speaking of YouTube, just like John McCallion, go ahead and hit the little Joe next to the big Joe right there. The little Joe. Click on it today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break. We are still so close to 1,000 subscribers. So please, if at all, you know someone in your life that's a Lakers fan, please go ahead and help us out by going ahead and let them know about us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But wherever you get us, whether it's on social media, whether it's on podcasts for audio, whether it's on video, on Facebook, Twitch, 
Twitter, also YouTube. We appreciate any support that you give us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Well, very busy day for us here because we've been doing a lot of deep diving into the Lakers schedule. Also as well, Team USA earlier today played Greece. So we want to go ahead and talk about both things today. First up, we're going to go ahead and do a recap of the Team USA victory in Abu Dhabi against Greece. 108 to 86, they pretty much cruised to a pretty fairly easy victory. The Team USA shot pretty decently overall, 39 to 68 from the field. Three-pointers, once again, still not very good. 11 out of 26. They were much better in their last game against Spain, which was their closest game, which kind of makes it all weird. But yeah, 11 out of 26 from three. But overall, a good performance by the team. They did not have on Greece, of course, Giannis Antetokounmpo, so they could not really match up size-wise with Team USA, plus also the depth once again. Austin Reese, for all of us Lakers fans, pretty solid performance yet again. 11 points, plus minus 10 on the positive side, always good there. 2 or 3 from behind the three-point arc, 3 or 3 from the line, 3 or 4 overall. Really solid performance. Just again, giving Team USA what they need from the bench. That's what they're looking for, and they need him to do it. Him and Tyrese Halliburton have really been doing a solid job coming off the bench. Cam Johnson as well, 5 of 10 for 13 points for him. Bobby Portis chipped in with 10, so really solid performance there. Also as well, Anthony Edwards really started to play now like the star that we need him to play, 21 points. Jalen Brunson, just four of six today, nine points, seven assists, but he held held firm, held steady. Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J, only three of three in 10 minutes, so hopefully they can go ahead and make sure they get him some more time. He was in foul trouble, so maybe that had something to do with it. But overall, solid performance from the team. Their next game is coming on Sunday, but before we talk about the Sunday game, Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out today at LakersBall.com and Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. It is Joe Soro and Joe. Great to have you here, my friend. Recapping Team USA and Greece, another solid win, another solid tune-up for this team. Again, this is not the Team USA that will roll out in Paris come next year, but they're doing a solid job on their own so far, my friend. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to see the game. Uh, live, uh, didn't get a chance to see it from start to finish. I did get bits and pieces of it uh, after I was able to uh, finish uh, for the day in terms of work. Uh, Team USA seemed to get out the gate pretty good, especially on defense. I think they held, I think they held Greece to like twenty five percent shooting in the first quarter, yeah. and pretty much kind of rolled from there. Uh, Greece did win the second quarter, so they did kind of, I would say, make it somewhat competitive. But in just what I saw, I didn't really see any kind of worrying in, in terms of what Greece could have done. I, I don't know if, if, if Giannis might have made a difference. Maybe it might have gotten a little closer, but this team seems to have really good chemistry. And uh, I think Steve Kerr is relying a lot on the defense to kind of run with what they need. And 
an even distribution on offense. And that's pretty much what we saw here today. Uh, Greece, I think, went on a 9-0 run uh, late in the game to, to cut it down to 13. And then that was pretty much it. After that, the, the, the Team USA went ahead and kind of closed it out and ended up winning by, um, by 22. Uh, 20 turnovers, I believe, that they forced. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it's... That that was the other thing. It's very sloppy on the U.S. part, as far yeah, as yeah, yeah. The it's interesting. I don't. How can you how can you fault a team that's never played together and are not what your typical one tier players are in international ball? So you're talking you're talking about at least three to four in terms of third and fourth tier type players, uh, guys that are obviously going to be a lot better than most people out in the, in the world, but. You know, it, it is what it is. To me, all I care about is win it all. Represent the country. Uh, Austin Reeves is going to get a little bit of, uh, this is part of the selfish part of, on this, Austin Reeves is going to get a little run here before training camp, so he's going to be in game shape before he gets in. And last year, I think that's what helped Schroeder, Schroeder in coming into oh, the no season. Oh, no doubt. I agree with playing you. Well. And I think we might have discussed that a little bit before the season started during the Euro, uh, what was it? The Euro uh, basketball yeah. tournament. Yes. And, and I go, man, this could be a good thing because he's got gonna... tournament was to qualify for this world cup tournament. Correct. So for those of you who think rest is important, yes, it's important, but most of the people that have been great or are good, Rest is relative. I know we need to sleep seven, eight hours to really let the body recover, right? But what does rest really, really mean? What does it really mean? I understand if you're a 20-year vet like LeBron and you have to rest at that point. But if you're in your prime or about to get in your prime, more activity is better so that you're ready for the season. And I think we're 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 going to get two things going our way here as 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 United States Americans we're probably going to have a good chance at winning a medal here a gold medal and then one of our guys is going to be ready who's going to who is going to be very very important this season and he's going to be coming into trading camp in shape with game shape and it could only mean good things barring any injuries once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is a recap of Team USA's victory over Greece today. Definitely a, a solid performance, like you said, outside of the turnovers. I know that Steve Kerr will probably be focusing on that, the sloppy play as far as overall shooting was fair enough. The thing, though, that gets me in three of these four games, Joe, they have shot not even close to 40% uh, from the three-point area. Um, the one exception was the Spain game where they shot very well, which was actually the closest game, which is when they needed it the most. Your thoughts, is it traditionally a shorter three-point than the normal NBA three-point range? But the ball is also difference in size than what they're normally used to. You think that's probably the reason why, or one of the main reasons why, they just do not have the same kind of effectiveness? Because a lot of these guys are around during the NBA season, 40 to 42 percent cam johnson austin reeves some of these guys are really good sharpshooters normally in the nba just still not being able to consistently find the range in fiba it's 
I don't know why. That's a that's a good question. I maybe the ball because the I, ball is smaller. I believe. I, I don't know. I I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe because the pressure. I think sometimes. I think because the 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 way they're playing in in in, in this particular tournament, it just they don't really maybe care as much. They're like, look, we're going to be able to win this with our defense. We're just stronger. We're 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 better players. We're better athletes. If we feel like we really need to concentrate on opening up the offense, and I'm talking about Steve Kerr, if he really feels like he needs to, uh, you know, turn into, you know, Steph Clay shooting gallery, uh, he could probably devise a, a plan to do that. But I think what he's doing is he's he's using the defense side of the Gold State offense, where he's like, guys. Because Golden State doesn't get enough credit during their dynasty about their defense. They're always talking about the three-point shot. And they're talking about how good, you know, the greatest shooters of all time. But their defense, and I'm not just talking about Draymond Green. We're talking about even Steph. Those guys played really good team basketball. And Clay, before his injuries, was a standout one-on-one defender. So I think Kerr is trying to make it simple for these guys. Simplify it. Make it easy. Use Triple J, your defensive player of the year, as a guy that will intimidate any one of these guys out in international basketball, which he will. And then whomever you have, you got guys that are tall and long, guys like Brandon Ingram. Just use the size. Use your smarts. If you can shoot the game into a win, cool. If not, we got our defense as our anchor. We'll go ahead and do what we need to do then. And, it did, you know, they still scored 108 points completely shooting themselves out on a lot of these things and having 20 turnovers. So I don't think there's anything there to worry about. I don't think they have to worry about, especially teams like Greece, uh, in terms of them really shooting lights out for four quarters. I do want to go ahead and correct it. The size is not smaller, Joe, on FIBA. The women's size is one size smaller, but the men's size for both FIBA and the NBA is the same. But the panels, the actual panels, the grooves in the the basketball, they are different. Uh, I'm getting a quote now. The FIBA ball has 12 panels, while a regulation NBA ball has eight. I don't know if that makes a difference. I think if you're if you're picking a reason, you know, if you're trying to find a reason, did I mean, come on, guys, how long have NBA players been playing international ball? I know not everybody on this team because the three point is in between the distance for FIBA. Three point is is between college and the NBA. It goes college, FIBA, NBA. I don't think I don't think that's a good enough excuse. I think it's performance, not doing what they're supposed to do, uh, and that's because why? Why? Why are they turning the ball over twenty times? There's a in, in in the limited amount of time I've watched them play in these tournaments, and as as they as they advance, I'm probably going to watch more and more. But especially now that I'm probably going to be sitting inside for the next three four days uh, because of the possible hurricane in Southern California, I've never heard that in my life. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I'm going to try to get an idea even more on, in, 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 in what, what the focus with this team is. They might think that they don't have to worry about playing too rigid. They're just going to just go out there, roll the ball up, win the games. And we have good chemistry and everybody gets along and, 
let's just go win what we're supposed to win. That's that's where I think their heads are. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell phone version yeah. that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, <laughs> shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come on, that, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean, like with a mono I, sound, there you go. Oh God. Yeah. That's, that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yep. not the right ear. <laughs> something like that you can find that version already if you really want it that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts once again it is the lakers fast break we are talking team usa's victory over greece earlier this morning 108 to 86 but also here today Stopping by after some hot yoga properly, probably, is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and make sure he you check out every time he's here. He's the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and stop on by after some good hot yoga. It is mm-hmm. the magic man, Sean Grice. Well, that's what the chat says. They thought you read hot yoga. But it is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here. A victory for Team USA. Your thoughts on the game, a little bit sloppy, uh, still not finding the range consistently from three, but my gosh, they put on their own defensive show when they want to. They turn it on seemingly when they want to. Uh, Spain was the only challenge so far for them. But yeah, they seem to seemingly just like every good Team USA team that we've seen over the years. When they want to turn it on, they turn it on and get the job done. 100% 100% drilled, and uh, just goes to show um, Ant's the man. Ant's the man. He, he can play with any four guys out there. He's proven it. Um, from the very first scrimmage, I imagine, the coaching staff would say up until now. Um, he's been the, the shining star for Team USA. Uh, Gerald, I just think he's going to be very hard to contain um, in the open floor. Uh, in a FIBA tournament, it's going to be very difficult to corral him. Um, add in Tyrese Halliburton, put together a, a pretty nice game today, Gerald. It was uh, a, a bit of this and a bit of that, um, offensively and defensively. Austin Reeves, steady again, 11 points. It just seems that Austin is just going to score like 11 to 15 points, four boards, Every four assists. Yeah, he's just. He's just money in the bank as far as a 15, four and four game. So uh, like you said, Gerald, it was sloppy, but I mean, they got the job done and, you know, it's probably a good test as well, seeing as a uh, Greece is in their uh, group. So they'll actually be seeing them uh, during round Robin play again. So probably good to get a familiarity with uh, just what kind of offense they like to run. Um, and my goodness, Gerald, they're such a different team without Giannis. I mean, what, what can you say? 
Absolutely. They are a completely different team without Giannis. He makes so much of a difference for them. Joe, I don't see Greece as much of a challenge if they don't have Giannis in there, which most likely you will not see him because the, he's coming off the knee surgery. I suspect he will probably uh, not play at all until training camp at the earliest. And probably this could be a maybe a telling sign that he might be an issue or his knee might be an issue at the first part of the season for the Milwaukee Bucks. I would say probably not. I'd say this tournament is not more important than the 2024 season for the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks have a lot to prove this coming year. Uh, they were a massive letdown last year. Granted, I know they had some injuries with some of their main guys, but still, you cannot lose to Miami in the first round, even if Chris Middleton isn't playing in that game. And you have a guy that was a runner-up as your defensive player of the year, and you have Giannis, and Budenholzen really screwed that up. He didn't put Giannis on Jimmy Butler when Giannis has a defensive player of the year award that should be with Anthony Davis. So... Guys, coaches, use your stuff. Giannis is not 34. His number's 34, but he's not 34. Use him. Win championships. You're Milwaukee. If you have to squeeze that terry cloth all the way to win your second title in the Giannis era, and then that's it, you have now won six titles if you're like the Lakers. That's that's the equivalent. I mean, what was the last time Milwaukee won a title before 2021? 50 years earlier. So get your championships now, even if it means playing your guy out. I don't know what these guys are doing, holding stars in their prime back when you're in Milwaukee. I don't get it. Play the guy. Play him against the best players. You think Michael Jordan didn't play against the best players on defense when he was making his run or Kobe? Come on, guys. Wake up. So if I'm Giannis, the hell with this tournament. This tournament doesn't do anything for you. Even if he was 100% healthy and could play, he's not beating the U.S. He's not beating any. They're not winning anything. So that's where I stand on that. I will tell everyone, though, there's, their next game is on Sunday. It's 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox. It will be uh, hopefully a game that they can go ahead and take care of easily. It's against Germany. We'll see. Uh, I'm sure the maybe the, the matchups might be a little bit stronger than what they faced off against today. But go ahead and check it out. It'll be on Sunday. And hopefully we can go ahead and either wrap it up on a team preview of the New York Knicks. I have scheduled for 6 p.m. Pacific time later that evening. Or with the Lakerholic spotlight earlier in the day on Sunday on 2 p.m. I may ask the guys to go ahead and do that as well. So make sure you go ahead and check out our coverage of Team USA against Germany. Again, the game itself is going to be on Fox on Sunday. At that, will be a, that will be a good test, Gerald. I think uh, it will be. I think there's yeah. enough uh, firepower for Germany to at least give them a challenge. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, Dennis Schroeder has been playing really well for them. They, they seem to uh, have found... Uh, I think a spark with him and Franz Wagner. Um, So we're going to see that's a great test. We'll see what happens indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, magic man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. 
It is now turning to the main topic of the day, and that is the Lakers schedule, which was announced a couple days ago. You guys have now had some time to go comb over all the things involved with it. The deep dive is now here. So let's talk the Los Angeles Lakers schedule coming up here. And, of course, we talked about in the past opening night, that's at Denver. We also talked about what's coming up right after that two days later at home against Phoenix. What we didn't talk about is what happened since uh, going on since then. Because right after that Phoenix game on the 26th of October, three days later, they're at Sacramento. The next day, they fly back home for a back-to-back in Orlando. And that's something we'll go ahead and touch on first. Because the Lakers, who had 12 back-to-backs last year, guys, now all of a sudden, with the Clippers, now have 15 back-to-backs and while the Clippers as we was noted seem to be flying more miles than anyone this year in the NBA the Lakers are not too far behind 15 other back back-to-backs that's where they're going to be projected for is 15 back-to-backs a lot of that is being caused or some of it I should say is being caused by the NBA Cup the NBA Cup is causing some of these schedules to be constricted so and also the the big televised games on Saturday and Sunday is also causing some of these Wednesday, Thursday back-to-backs. Uh, that's going to mean a little bit more back-to-backs for the Los Angeles Lakers, like I mentioned. But five of those back-to-backs are going to be in the L.A. area, meaning it'll be a Clippers some point in time at either the front or the back end of the back-to-back. So they will not. five of those back-to-backs will be in Los Angeles. So your thoughts on this, guys? This schedule, first glance, Joe, is a little bit more challenging to you from what you see than what we were talking about this time last year. Because you and I did a show last year on the schedule, the, the uh, strength of schedule earlier in the season and how that worked. And obviously, we saw what happened early in the season. What are your thoughts when you look at it first glance at the Los Angeles Lakers schedule? I would, from what I've seen, it it's almost like good month, bad month, good month, bad month. Uh January is going to be brutal. However, the advantage there is they're playing at home from, well, essentially they will be at home after their road game against New Orleans on the 31st of December. They will be home from January 1st until January... 26th except for one quick trip to utah one one quick trip they're gonna be in la almost the entire month except for one trip on a saturday in utah that month they're playing miami memphis l clippers toronto phoenix utah oklahoma city dallas and consent in every other game that month is going to tell us who the Lakers are. But the advantage they have is they're going to be home for almost an entire month. Even towards the end of that run, they're playing the Clippers on the road. So it's it's a very favorable home, hard schedule in January. And if they come out of that Winning 60, 65% of those games, I think you're looking at the Lakers making a pretty solid run at, 
at least the top four spot. The 15 back-to-backs, I mean, the difference between 12 and 15, I mean, I don't know. Do you – three more back-to-backs? I don't know. I, I would say that the schedule even in uh, in January is they're, they're playing every other day. They play on the third, they're off the fourth. They play the fifth, they're off the sixth. They play the seventh, they're off the eighth. So it's almost like going back and forth, you know, for an entire month. Uh, there's there's not going to be any Grammys this coming year. Is that correct? Or was that the Emmys? The Emmys got pushed back to January. Okay, so it wasn't the Grammys. Okay, well, the, the Grammy trip uh, Still starts. Still weird. Yeah. That's a weird trip. Yeah, the, the Grammy trip is, yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's like the in-season uh, tournament is right around that. I mean, not really, actually. It's No, it's, it's, it's done. Yeah, it's it starts in, oh, sorry, I was looking at the other month. It starts, what was it, uh, December 30th? Mm-hmm. No, wait. No, no, I'm sorry. January 27th, right right after that, uh, that January run I was telling you about. So then they go to Golden State. Houston, Atlanta, Boston, New York, and then Charlotte, which is not a bad schedule, actually. Uh, going to going to uh, San Francisco after being in L.A. All, all but almost only one stop in Utah during that month. And then, then that's when they go to Houston on a back-to-back against Houston and Atlanta. That one, don't be surprised if they end up losing. They always lose the back end of an Atlanta road game. So, um, But they'll have a day off before they play Boston on February one. And then they'll play the Knicks a couple uh, nights later. But looking at the schedule, uh, March, the other month that looks pretty favorable in terms of a home schedule, they start March. They start March. Actually, it starts before. They're they're at home against Washington on February 29th. And then on the 28th of February, they're at home, really, because they're playing the Clippers. So that end of the month, in February, I hope you guys are all catching this while I'm saying this. If you're looking at the schedule, you'll totally understand what I'm saying. They finish on February 25th in Phoenix, and then they're off a couple days. And then from February 28th, we have leap year coming this year, by the way. So there's a 29 coming. 28th until March 12th, they're at home. And then they take one trip to Sacramento on that Wednesday. Then they come back and they're at home another two weeks. So essentially, all of January and all of March, they're at home. You know, January is like the the dog day of the NBA, right? That's like the August for baseball. And then March is right after the kind of like the all-star game and the trading deadline. And, and, and you're kind of burnt out, getting ready to get to April. So... You can know what where you're going to be in the playoffs. So in the two kind of kind of pivotal months, the Lakers have an advantage because they're at home most of the time, and I think that could be good things if there aren't any major injuries to LeBron and AD. Once again, it is the Lakers' fast God, break. What it kind is- of life do I have looking at Lakers schedules for like two hours? There you go, a good I'm life here indeed. Doing dissertations on it. <laughs> Should be doing another class, <laughs> Professor Joe Sorrow at Lakers History 101. But... Oh, Jesus Christ. If I was listening to myself, what, what, is, what were you doing all day? I, I, thought, I thought you were working. I'm like, well, you know, if for those of you who don't think you have time when you really – you always make time when you want something, you know, when you want to do something. Always remember that. That's how it works. <laughs> 
Absolutely, indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is our breakdown of the Lakers schedule. Joe is a scholar, indeed, Southern Comfort. Uh, We are back once again. It is Joe Soro and Magic Man Sean Grice. We are talking the Lakers schedule. Magic Man, there you go. Absolutely. He's opening up his degree from Lakers fast break university. He's already as a tenured professor. There you go. There will be more classes coming up in the not-too-distant future. We will head back to Lakers Fast Break University. The school calendar starts a little later for Lakers Fast Break University, but we will start new classes indeed. But Magic Man, it is the Lakers schedule. Uh, I saw you dropping pens and uh, trying to turn pages and all your notes and all that stuff. So I want to know you're getting prepared. So your thoughts, my friend, on the Lakers schedule. What really stands out to you on this upcoming schedule of 82 games for the Los Angeles Lakers? You know what, Gerald? I tried to make that look as smooth as possible. I you guess did it not just, come the, close. I just I have nothing but it looked so friend. awkward, did it? Yeah, <laughs> I know it sounded so awkward too, but I'm going to keep that in and post so everybody knows the <laughs> audio too. It's like, it, hey, it happens. I've dropped stuff all the time. No worries, my friend. <laughs> Fair enough. I tried to make that look so smooth and I failed. Yes, miserably. absolutely. You're like, you they, dropped it, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. So, like, yeah. But everybody was entranced by Joe and his dissertation. There you go. That's right. That's right. Joe causes a scene while everyone's cleaning up the The mess. The focus went on him. There you go. Well, I would like to think so, considering I was talking. Okay. (laughs) So what you got, my friend? If I was doing this while Sean's (laughs) talking and – you know, hypnotizing everyone, then that would pretty, but that would be a kind of a dick move, wouldn't it? I mean, it well, actually, gone. I if you could hypnotize somebody, that would be impressive. I'd like I to- I don't think I don't think that's kind of my gig. I, I did see a few people in my lifetime get hypnotized, and I I still I'm so such a cynic. I feel like it's fake. Mm-hmm. But uh, the schedule, like the schedule, is really quirky, Gerald. Like very yes. quirky. Like the first twenty games, only nine are at home. First of all, I love that. I love that. Because we've been home cooking for the past couple years and with mixed results, really. So I love the fact that you're going out on the road with a bunch of guys that you brought in. That build, That's a team building. That's bonding. That I think that portends really well for the team. Plus, if you look at the back end of the schedule, Gerald, uh-huh. they play eight. I believe eight of their last 10 games on the road as well. So you've got half your road games in about a four week stretch. You know, that that's, if you have the right kind of depth, you can make that work because they've kind of squished the Lakers 2021 road games in about four weeks. Uh, The first, I think four and a half, five weeks of this 2023 and then in the 2024 i think it's it's the last week and a half so it's really strange yeah like i understand the grammy trip but you're starting on the west coast then you're going to the southeast and then you're looping around back to the northeast it's 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 quirky it's it's strange but i I guess like you said because of this in-season tournament i guess you have to make do with what they give you. 
I mean, you know, it's it's not just the in-season tournament. They're competing with uh, other, other sports teams that share arenas, sharing, um, you know, dates with concert, concert venues and whatnot. So, you know, the, obviously this was the most challenging schedule the NBA's ever had to release. Yeah, because like you said, with the NBA Cup, they had to make sure that they give people a little bit of a, a day off here and there for that. For the televised games, if they're going to be on a televised game on the nationally televised ones on the Saturday, Sunday games, they really want to promote and they want to make sure that they don't get load management for Joe. They're giving people an extra day off as far as bumpers. So that means there's going to be more back-to-backs. In fact, it, is, it has increased, I think, by one, almost one full back-to-back over what we saw last season. In the Lakers' case, they get three more back-to-backs. It's so weird, though. The first thing that, that popped out to me of all the random things that pop out to me when when I looked at the the schedule, you could realize, we, you talked to Alfred Esmond the other day for the Orlando Magic, and the realization is that once we finish the, what, the first week of November, we're done with the with the Orlando Magic for the entire season. And there's a very real possibility we may not see the Orlando Magic again until 2025. Very real possibility. Uh, I, I, with all due respect to Orlando and, and the Magic, uh, most most of us didn't even want to watch them in the 2009 finals. Yes. We wanted to see we wanted to see the uh the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James because Kobe would have likely had a 1-0 record against LeBron in the finals that year. Some have argued that it wouldn't be, but I think we all know what would have happened. But anyways, you know what's funny about that season too, guys? You know there was only one team that had a winning record against us that season? Counting the playoffs? You know who, you know who it was? Be? No. I, I think you guys know who it was. You'll, you'll guess it right. Charlotte, yeah. yeah. There you go. So, so Orlando won both games in the regular season that season, and then the Lakers won four-one in the, in the finals. <laughs> so they ended up getting ahead of those. And then Charlotte was the only one. It was either tied or the Lakers beat whomever they played right in a series during the year. Charlotte was the only team that had a winning record against the Lakers that year. Pretty phenomenal. Very underrated Laker team. You know, 65 wins, playing 50, uh, playing um, all four teams that they played in 09 were uh, 50 game winners. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was, uh, plus they beat a 60 game winning team in the finals. I believe Orlando was, won 60 games that year, if I'm if I'm correct or not. I, I have to look that up. But um, yeah, I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I don't, I, I, I'm used to seeing Orlando after the Atlanta game. I was kind of surprised seeing I was surprised seeing who was it uh, Houston and then Atlanta. Usually, usually it's Atlanta and then Orlando, or Orlando and Atlanta. But hey, maybe one day we'll see. Again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro and also so matching match Sean Grice. We're previewing the Lakers season as the schedule has been released, and we're talking about it in detail. So, Magic Man again. The quirks aside about not seeing Orlando after the fourth again on the schedule, which again is that kind of weird that you throw those out there the lakers though when it comes to the first 10 well let's let's say the first 12 games of the season you remember how bad it was for us joe and i went over it last year we had a big time schedule breakdown last year we broke it down as far as the strength of schedule did all these numbers and when all is said and done sean 
of course, you know how the start we had with two and 10. It was really bad, really awful. I do not expect a two and 10 start for the Lakers, but it's, I know that the chat was asking for what we'd look like after the first 10 games, but let's start off. Let's do the next, first 12 games. Denver, Phoenix, Sacramento, Orlando, the Clippers, Orlando again. So that makes six. Then you have Miami, Houston, Phoenix, Portland, Memphis, and Sacramento. Your thoughts on this, my friend, where they will stand, seeing the schedule, how it lays out. I see a seven and five, eight and four start for them. Your thoughts on where they might land within the first 12 games of the NBA season. Gerald, we find ourselves in agreement again. As you were uh, looking at the schedule, same as I was, I was thinking the same thing. I'm thinking eight and four, but seven and five is definitely, definitely possible. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough start. There's no getting around it. Denver, Phoenix, Sacramento, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Plus, you're playing Sacramento twice. You're playing eight playoff teams in the first twelve games, and uh, it's likely. At least five or six of those teams will be exactly in the same standings in the playoffs that they were the the previous year. So, yeah, it's it's a hell of a wheel start. But I like the fact that uh, they're on the road for most of them. And um, I, I think they'll keep their heads above water. Okay, I, I think they will as well. Joe, do you concur or do you see something different in those first 12 games? Uh, I see a record the first 10 games. Uh, 12 games. I'm, I'm doing 12. because yeah, I'm going to, on... yeah, I'm going to say if I had to pick a good number, I'm going to say I picked six. I keep seeing six and four, the first 10. So let's say seven and five. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it, giving Realistic. them a little bit. Yeah. I'm giving them a little bit of, Hey, let's get the chemistry going a little bit. They are. We're all and, in that range. Seven and five. Yeah. And four. I would like. I would like nine and three though. Nine and three would be something where I'm like, ooh, yeah. I think they're starting. I think they got something brewing here. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, some kind of crazy comeback win or uh, somebody hits something at the buzzard. Like you're looking at seven and five or eight and four, and then all of a sudden it's nine and three. Yeah. They have one of those weird back-to-backs in San Antonio in in mid-December, so they get to play back-to-back games against Victor Wembyama. I think they did the same thing last year, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't that correct? They they played two yes. straight in San Antonio, so they're doing that again this year. Why do you think that is? Because they're a Texas team. There's other Texas teams there. With, those are short flights, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio. Why do you think that is they can, they insist on doing that again to Lakers playing back-to-back? Well, because I, I think they want to see Wemby have a huge night with the Lakers coming off a back-to-back against Dallas. So I, I think that's that's a, a built-in advantage for the Spurs drill. Usually the Lakers come into, uh, come into San Antonio on a nationally televised game. If they're, mm-hmm. if they're good or have an intriguing team. And I, yeah. I think it just portends to, to the the Spurs trying to gin up a, as much uh, Wemby um, uh, fanaticism as possible, and who better than to uh, see him off than LeBron, right? I, I'm sure San Antonio fans would just love seeing a win 
back-to-back games, the Lakers with LeBron. I think we're giving Wembenyama a little too much credit here. I think Anthony Davis, if he's healthy in those two games, will likely wipe the floor with him. I do want to say, though, Blue Magic has the Lakers starting out at 6-6. Six and six. The Lakers will start slow. They won't start cooking until December. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. And the reason why I say that with all due respect, Blue, is if you look at that schedule, as both Sean and I posted the schedule links in the chat, if you look at December 12th, Joe, through December 23rd, leading into the Christmas Day game versus Boston at home, they have mo- the predominant amount of games – uh, all but two are on the road and throw the San Antonio games out the window there. You do have the at Dallas, you do have at Chicago, which should be still be a win, but you have at Minnesota that might be tough and at Oklahoma city. Plus you have home games in that mix against Houston and New York. Your thoughts on that, my friend, that to me looks a little bit tougher than on the surface than what you would normally think simply because of the fact it's around Christmas time. Lakers will have already played about a month and a half, two months going in there. Your thoughts on that? That could be a very tricky part of the schedule for the Lakers to navigate. Well, I'll start with the six and six uh, prediction. If they go six and six, and let's say, I don't know, they're playing Denver and Phoenix the first two games. So if they're going to go six and six, that means likely they're going to probably lose those first two games. Then they're going to play Sacramento on the road and then a back-to-back back home with Orlando. And I'd like to think the Lakers, with a two-day two break, will beat Sacramento in Sacramento and then beat Orlando at home the next night. Uh, then they play the L.A. Clippers uh, that Wednesday. And I'd like to think that at some point the Lakers are going to beat this team at home. So I'm predicting they're going to win that game. And then they're going to have to lose against Miami or Orlando on the road that Saturday and 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 uh, Monday, which maybe might not be too far off, they could lose the first two games, win Sacramento and Orlando, go two and two, beat Sacramento, go on a three game winning streak, and then lose in Orlando and in Miami. So yeah, I mean it could it could happen. As far it's, as it's it's sneakier than it looks. Yeah, as far as December, uh, looking at that second week in Dallas. San Antonio, and then San Antonio on Friday that week. Uh, we swept sec, uh, San Antonio on something similar where we stayed. We did kind of a, a pseudo back-to-back. Well, it was a back-to-back actually last year against San Antonio at home. Um, I don't know why they don't do more of these kind of games. Why don't they do this for more teams to lessen travel? But anyways, I if they go 2-1, and one, in that stretch, it's obviously good, but that means they probably have to lose one of those games against San Antonio, which I don't know if they have a full team there. I'd like to think they, they, uh, they'd be fine. But if they don't, if they play their hearts out against Dallas on the 12th and uh, they want to sit LeBron and AD for the back end of a back to back and they lose to San Antonio, then I'll have a day off to play San Antonio again that Friday and then win. I'd say if I had to pick a prediction, they beat Dallas, lose to San Antonio the next night because they're sitting guys down and then they'll win on Friday when they have a full squad. And then how they finish off that until they get to Christmas. I mean, you got, you got to go to the, to New York at home and then you got to fly to Chicago, Minnesota and Oklahoma city before Christmas. Boy, that's a crapshoot, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that'll turn out, but again, if, if you're going to, if I had to pick a number, 
uh, Chicago, Minnesota on a back-to-back, then a day off, and then you play Oklahoma City. If we get out of that 2-1, and one, I think it's a win. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro on the Magic Man, Sean Grice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It's Lakers weekend. And Magic Man, I want to go ahead and hit the Grammy trip because you know that's always a quote-unquote fun time for the Lakers as they go out on an extended trip during the setup for the Grammys and actual Grammys taking place. Starting in late January, on January 27th, when they're on the road at Golden State, they go to Houston, Atlanta, Boston, New York, Charlotte. And so that they come back finally around the 8th, and they're greeted once they get home on February 8th with the world champion Denver Nuggets. So your thoughts, my friend. The Grammy trip does not look superb. But it doesn't look overwhelming. But you and I both know once these teams are out in the road for that period of time, only the really good teams seem to stick it out and still remain winning on the back end of those road trips. Yeah, that's it, Gerald. I mean, you know, it takes uh, it takes about ten, basically, all of your guys to uh, get through a road trip like that. At least coming out with you know above five hundred. So. We gotta hope either you know a few guys are really shooting shooting the ball extremely well and just shooting lights out. Um, hopefully by that time, you know we've established uh, our defensive uh, identity as well, and that should hold us into games most games, even if our shooting is um, rank. But I I expect that road trip to be tough. I mean I I think last year. Um, we should have done we should have done a little bit better than we did but again um excuses 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 should be better this time around but like if they finish 500 or a game above i'd be i'd be satisfied with the, that kind of split joe what are your thoughts on the grammy trip i think uh, that what i'd say Sean, a 4-4 split but also as well maybe if you could sneak out a 5-3 on that you know, most NBA teams, they start out playing well and they start to fade as it gets closer to the end of the trip. The Lakers on their last Grammy trip, you know, they utilized that trip as far as it was it actually was in the earlier part of January when they really they took that Remember they that led you to go ahead and, and uh, take on the bet for what was it? The wings or the chip for the one chip challenge? When they won the five in a row on the road, that was so, for the week. That was for the chip, I believe. That was a yeah, chip so, challenge. Yeah, that was the one chip Which, challenge. Which uh, I got, I got, I got, uh, I got kind of crapped on for that. They're like, "Dude, you drank the milkshake right after. You suck." And I thought, you know what? I'm not gonna sit there and let my inner linings and my stomach get 
freaking shredded. I go, look, I took the chip. I you sat there. I ate it. My lips freaking turned purple. I'm drinking a damn shake afterwards. I'm not going to sit there and go, <gasps> oh, well, you were God, drinking it through I just it. had an aneurysm. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Drink, then you eat. do it. I told him, I go, then you do it. Eat you have that. a milkshake. I'll buy it. <laughs> eat, eat, eat the crazy insanity pepper from Honduras and then just wait to call that. No, see, I would never do that. That's <laughs> murderous. No. So, I, hey, I made up for it with the, with the wings. Okay. You guys saw snot bubbles. I know I did when I saw a replay. Snot no, bubbles. My saw, face felt like. Snot bubbles as it was happening. My face was the surface of the sun when I was getting to the last bit of that. By the way, the reason why that didn't hurt as much, those wings, I don't know because it was the first batch that day because it was early in the morning. Holy crap. Probably the best wings I've ever had in my life. So Buffalo Wild Wings, Temecula. Not all Buffalo Wild Wings are equal, but the one in Temecula, wow. Wings were fantastic. Hey, you do it if you guys think you can do better. I'm just saying. But anyways, back to the uh, Grammy trip. I would like to think if you have a almost an entire month at home, I would like to think that you're fresh enough to get on the road after that and have a nice week and a half trip of, I don't know, let's say Golden State, Houston, Atlanta, Boston, New York, and Charlotte, right? Before you have a, before you have two days off, before you get home to play Denver. I'd like to think that we can get a four and two record. I'd like to be greedy there and go four and two. So beat Houston, beat Atlanta, beat Boston, and beat Charlotte. Maybe you lose to New York that Saturday and you lose to Golden State on the first game of the Grammy trip at, at their, at their, at chase. That makes sense. I could see that maybe. So give me four and two, however you can do it. Definitely got to beat Boston. Okay, definitely got to, I want, I want a sweep of Boston and I would love a sweep of the Clippers this year, guys. Those are the two things I really, really want this year. Six wins between those two chumps. John. In early March, oh, go ahead, Sean. No, no, go ahead, Gerald. I was going to say, you know, we talked about the road trip there as far as for the Lakers. Another stretch is at home that gets pretty tough because starting right around February 29th, starts out with Washington as an easy game. But again, another home game with Denver on the 2nd of March. Then you have Oklahoma City, Sacramento, Milwaukee, and Minnesota to go ahead and round out the, the homestand. And then you have one Sacramento game on the road that you play on the 13th of March. And then you come right back home for four more, but that's against Golden State, Atlanta, Philadelphia, and what could be a very surprising Indiana team. You remember, you saw what happened last time they played uh, the Indiana Pacers and you saw the last second shot by Andrew Nemhart, but you know, I digress on that. My friend, when you see that homestand virtually outside of one road game, that's a lot of home games, which is good. And Joe mentioned that, but they're not being served cupcakes for the most part while they're doing it. Not at all, Gerald. Um, it, it's starting, it, it, you know, it's kind of funny. The NBA schedule is starting to look a lot like uh, uh, Division One college football schedule, Gerald. No easy mm-hmm. games. No easy no games. Easy game. No, no, it's it's just looking like it's going to be rough shot through that stretch as well. Very good teams on that list. 
Um, I expect at least a couple of them to be rolling or on a winning streak coming into our barn. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Joe. That is not easy. There's there's kind of uh, minefields all over that place. Joe, when it gets to the next longest road trip after that the, to really close out the season, although they do end up on the road to end the season, there is a six-game road trip in late March, early April, where the team goes to Milwaukee, Memphis, Indiana, Brooklyn, Toronto, and Washington. We really should know where the team is in relation to where they stand as far as in the playoff chase at that point in time. I think if they have a good four and two road trip there, I think that can really solidify where they stand in the Western Conference. March again is the second month where they're practically at home for almost an entire month. You're talking, I think they're at home even more in March than they are in January. So February, okay, I'm going to say this again. And if those of you who are watch, looking at your schedule, you can see it. Even, even the game before they're at home, and they're at home because they're playing the Clippers on the 28th of February. Even the game before that, they're in Phoenix. So they're not really that far away, right? And then the game before that, they're at home against San Antonio, and they're at, they're 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 at Golden State. So they're not leaving um, after the All Star break. I want you guys to, to, to. This is the part I wanted to wait till the end. After they play Utah on the 14th, Valentine's Day, uh, Magic Man's favorite day, um, for hot yoga. Yes, well, and more. Uh, <laughs> after Valentine's Day in Utah, they are going to practically be on the West Coast until Milwaukee on March 26th. I want you to think about that for a second. From the 15th or that night when they get back from the game, or let's just say 15th to keep it easy, February 15th until March 25th, they are going to be on the West Coast or home from that date to the 20th. You're talking about almost six weeks. Six weeks. They're not leaving the Western time zone. So you guys, because we we were all enamored about, oh, they're playing 15 games three out of four nights. Or I'm sorry, that was the Clippers. They're playing 15 back-to-back games, and it's three more than they had before. Guys, this schedule is setting up to be perfect for the Lakers. They just have to play it right. If they're going to use their analytics or their mechanisms that they all use now, you want to concentrate on those windows. The long road trips are, are, are uh, preceded by long trips at home and in the, and, and the same. I mean, guys – isn't that what hurts a lot of time? The time zone change, right? You fly to Chicago. Phil Jackson in 1996, when they were talking about why the Bulls were able to win 72 games, I mean, Michael Jordan with a vendetta, you might as well say goodbye. The guy is, is a freaking cycle, right? But in conjunction with that, you had, a, you had a schedule that he said they didn't travel very far because they're a central team. They're a Midwest team that didn't travel as far. They're not the Lakers going from the ass end of California all the way to the tip of Boston or New York 
or New Jersey at the time or Philadelphia, right? So in this case, there is a stretch of six weeks where they do not leave the Pacific Standard Zone time. Now, I haven't dissected a schedule like this before. So maybe it happened last year and I just never looked at the schedule the way I did. I'll go ahead we and do it tonight. pretty hard last year. Yeah, I mean, we I, I didn't notice anything like that uh, ever. So this is pretty unprecedented, at least from what I've ever seen in a schedule. The Lakers have a very favorable schedule because we've accepted the fact that back-to-back games now are load management time and the fact that you have LeBron James, who's kind of got the, the, the trump card on that. You can kind of give him a little bit of – leeway because he is going to go into his 21st season i can say all right lebron's the exception you know just like when veteran receivers in the nfl or or running backs if they've been playing for 13 14 years they're you know they'll they won't practice on wednesday or thursday or something like that i get it so we are looking at a very favorable schedule should the lakers should darvin ham use his guys correctly and i think if there isn't any major injuries the Lakers will win 50 games because I don't think any team uh, this year is going to win 60. So 50 games is a pretty darn good number. They can go 50 and 32, 52 and, th- and, and 30. I would be extremely happy, and I think they would definitely get at least a four a four seed with that record. I think they would be higher if they go above 50. Could I be. Think they get to two and three. Could right be. There. Could be. Be looking yeah, right absolutely. There. But before we head on out, Magic Man, I thought I'd give you a little chuckle after this. Uh, We reported earlier that the team with the most miles is the Clippers. Uh, To give you a reference, the Lakers have the ninth most traveled miles that they will undertake during the course of the NBA season. But they are about 7,000 less than the LA Clippers. Your thoughts on that, my friend? I mean, they actually go over 3,000 miles to the next closest team, the L.A. Clippers. So great to see, you know, if you're a Lakers fan, that the Clippers are having to travel so much more. Yeah, Gerald, uh, not known as the War Road Warriors either, um, considering the fact that uh, a lot of times on nationally televised games, uh, especially if they were back-to-back Either one of those or two, both of those gentlemen would uh, take the night off if they try and do that this year, uh, as much as they did last year, Gerald. If they clip's gonna be clipped, clip's gonna be clipped. Yeah, it's clip's gonna, gonna clip. They're gonna be clipped themselves pretty, yeah, pretty pretty fast. Um, and-, and I will. Oh, go ahead, Gerald. No, I was gonna say with the players that they have, especially their two stars, like the Lakers, very fragile. But even more fragile to the extent that they actually, you know, you know, are out more games than what LeBron and AD are at. And then you come off the serious knee injury that, you know, Kawhi had. Well, we don't know how serious because he doesn't actually tell you how serious or it never gets reported exactly to the severity because he keeps everything a secret. But, yeah, that could spell a lot of doom. The travel could be a killer on the Clippers this season. Yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be the uh, the scene, Gerald, that that just comes apart at the end. I think you're right. I think, you know, if those guys were maybe a couple years younger and didn't have as many miles on and didn't have the injury, oh, they're gonna add more miles this year. That's for sure. <laughs> and they're yeah, 
So I think the rubber is just almost bald on these guys right now, Gerald. I think well, they aged quite a bit last year. Yeah, they did. They did. Pressure Nick, too, guys. And Nicholas, Pressure. yeah, yes. and Nicholas Batum isn't a young man anymore. And He's just announced his retirement after the season, I think, and yeah. then also the Olympics. I heard that on the Hoop Collective today. And man, like, is Marcus Morris going to even be able to play? Because he was a glorified pylon last year, <laughs> past the past eight weeks with his defense. So I just, I do not see anything good for that team this year, Gerald. And one note before before we head on out, uh, mm-hmm. should be noted, Gerald, the Lakers do not have to deal with the death trap known as the mountain time zone this year. They don't have any games where they play Denver and or Phoenix and or Utah back to back. Yes. That was, that's always a killer for them when they do that. That is absolutely killer. You're absolutely right. When they either, you know, especially when they play a game at home or somewhere near on the West coast and then have to travel to, especially the Denver, but like you said, salt Lake or Phoenix, they have to go ahead and do that, especially the Denver game, and try to adjust themselves to that at- attitude, altitude in one you know in one day. So that that's just something right there. I think that people need to keep in mind. That's kind of a break, but yeah, Denver does get to greet us on a couple of different occasions at the crypt. Uh, you know, at a very timely, like you know, Lakers coming off a road trip. Oh, who's there to greet us? It's the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, great scheduling right there, indeed. But. Guys, uh, looking forward to it as far as the schedule as a whole. I do not think that the Lakers will go 2-10 and 10 once again. We've already talked about how 7-5 and five is probably realistic for them coming off to start for that. I'd be ecstatic if they do better than that. But Joe is already talking about 50-game win season for the Lakers looking at the schedule here. Magic Man, what are you thinking looking off the schedule right now? Yeah, you know what, Gerald? I'm, I'm – Still gonna go with my gut, and uh, I'm not gonna change. I think we were we were right on. I think right now I'm gonna go 49-33. Yeah, for, I'm thinking 47 to 50. That's that's the thing. I'm thinking right a little bit of what above Vegas is predicting for the most part, 47 to 50 as well. I, the, there are advantages that you could take place in the season. Joe, do you see an area where the Lakers, like you said, I think you mentioned earlier about there's a, a several, there's two home stands in particular where the Lakers really, really need to take advantage. Is that correct? Now, yeah. So put it in perspective. How did the player, how did the Lakers play last year in the regular season? The, the, don't, don't, don't think about the players. Don't think about the players and the trade and all. Just, Base it off of their regular season record and the overall grade. How did they play in the regular season? So it was a tale of two different teams, basically. I would say Team 1A, I'd give them a D. And Team 1B, I would give them an A-. minus. Okay, so you're looking at a bot, basically a C plus. Yes. Okay, so C plus brought them 43 wins. Now, is it... Is there a consensus here that this team is drastically better because they're going to be able to play right out the gate together? They got good depth, youth, and then, of course, I know you have a, a year older LeBron, but let's just say that LeBron at least plays somewhat the same as he did last year. And then you have an AD who looks to be probably determined to finally get that MVP-type season. What would you say 
this season, what would be the extra wins? Would you see this team winning seven more games with a complete team that is played together from training camp and you have one of your stars who's in his prime about to possibly maybe have his best season, barring any injuries, and then maybe sustain LeBron a little bit like he did last year. It's just let's not burn him out at the by the end, right? So do you see this team going plus seven in wins? Would it make sense? I, I think it makes sense, Joe. Yeah. But also, the fact that, like you said, they're here. It's the same team, essentially, that was here at the trade deadline. Plus, I think they got incrementally better with the additions that they made offseason. I'm not holding out hope that these guys are like huge advanced leaps and bounds over what they had last year as far as the new additions yet. As we covered them, we did breakdowns of each of these new guys that are coming on, and they do provide incrementally better, or at least if their potential is fulfilled in two of the cases, it is a, you know it could be a lot better. But we'll see what happens there. But I think because you're getting the team that you got at the trade deadline, which did so much better and took this team really on their backs and really carried them to the season that you saw, I think if you're getting that team the entire season, plus no distractions with Patrick Beverly, no distractions with Russell Westbrook, and of course the first and foremost thing, you've got to get 65 games each from LeBron and AD. I think you could see that seven-game increase right there. Uh, so looking at the schedule, uh, they played – let me see if I can get the – when was the All-Star break? The All-Star break was – February 15th, 17th, around there. Yeah, February 15th. So after they got back, they they won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14 games out of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 23. So they went 14 and 9. Let's extrapolate that 14 and nine, right? Yes. So we're looking at a winning percentage of 60%. So 60%, if we go 50 by 30 by 82, you're looking at almost dead even on 50 wins. And you have a little bit more depth with this team. But let's say it evens out with the fact that LeBron probably loses a notch. So that's where I based. The I knew it was around that same percentage. I just needed to confirm it. So I can see them winning 50 games, but it's gonna it can't have a three or four week gap where AD or LeBron are out. It, that can't happen. Otherwise, it's probably gonna be 43 to 45 wins. So in 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 um, 21 22, around the time. AD went down. The Lakers were third in the Western Conference, and they were two and a half games out of first place. When LeBron went down, the Lakers were in fourth place in the Western Conference and still within striking distance of first. But, Gerald, we all know what happened. Mm -hmm. They went from third all the way to scratching and clawing for a play-in. So that's the difference. That's, that's the difference. Like Joe was saying, any three to six weeks period of time where one or two of them are out, it's going to significantly pose a detriment to 
this team trying to get a top four seed for home court, at least in the first round. They need relatively good health for those two guys. The Lakers are going to have to make a decision in important games this year to not play LeBron too much. They're going to have to concede some wins, I believe, to keep him fresh. They cannot play him 38 minutes. If they're playing Boston on Christmas, uh, okay. If there's a statement game that they need to make, okay. But they have to keep LeBron fresh, and a lot of that's going to come at the shoulders of Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is just as important as uh, Darvin Ham's rotations in keeping LeBron fresh. And you saw a little bit of, for the first time as a Laker, where the Lakers were able to maintain leads and win games, or at least stretch certain parts of the game in the playoffs without LeBron playing, where they were up 10 and they ended up up 16 by the time LeBron got back in. So you started seeing that a little bit in the playoffs. It's just unfortunate we ran into a team of destiny. Denver reminded me of the Washington Redskins of 1991. They were like that one-year wonder. Or you can use, uh, I I wouldn't say Dallas was a one-year wonder. They should have won in 2006. They got hosed by the refs uh, in that series. Uh, and, and they did kind of choke a little bit in game three when they were up 13. But again, I digress. The the I just don't see Denver. Just don't see Denver and their personality. Maybe Jamal Murray has it. He's hurt. He's and, hurt. But, but but I think maybe I just I don't see them repeating. I don't see them being a the, having the mentality that. Ooh, we want to be a dynasty. You can usually see that with teams. You saw it in Golden State. You could see these guys were invested in being multiple-time champions. So Denver's going to have to prove to me that I'm wrong on that one. Again, I picked Denver to go to the finals last year. I just thought Miami would beat them. But Lakers, as far as the Lakers are concerned, all these predictions are just too difficult to hang your hat on right now because we're playing with way too much mileage with one of our main guys and our other guy has not yet been able to really truly finish a full season in terms of a championship run and 2020 wasn't his fault that was uh, unprecedented circumstances maybe he would have that year Uh, but AD is 31 AD has to have an MVP season this year. It's time. And I guarantee you, if he does, or at least a defensive player of the year, year, and he may be a top three MVP, if he has that, his street clothes thing won't be a problem anymore. Unless, of course, Charles Barkley continues to not watch anything or do anything and just yaps. He yaps a lot. Well, you know, he's one of those anomalies where People just watch the listen to him yap. I was hard on Shaq about him also being someone who doesn't prepare, but and maybe 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 my irritation with Shaq kind of was spilled over by with with Barkley because they're always kind of neck and neck. But I will say this: I've been seeing some clips of Shaq's reactions when Ernie would say something or Chuck, and I gotta say it was pretty freaking hilarious. 
the uh the the last one I saw was when Ernie said I eat I I uh, I smash tricks as in the cereal. <laughs> and whoever the camera was, man was, he needs to win 10 Emmys for the timing. He goes right to Shaq. <laughs> Shaq's like <laughs> like okay, Ernie. <laughs> and Ernie had no clue unless they played it that way. Yeah. Unless Ernie became a really good actor, which I wouldn't put it past those guys. I because Ernie's pretty bright. But I thought that I thought that was and sometimes that happens. Sometimes I won't like somebody and then they'll do something that just hits a button with me, and I'm like, I like that guy now. <laughs> I always love Shaq, of course. I'm I'm not saying that, but you know, again, the preparation and you know, you're supposed to watch the damn games, guys, and be an analyst at least a little bit. I think the last time uh, Ernie surprised Shaq was when he knew who Rick Ross was. <laughs> why wouldn't Why wouldn't Ernie know? Who was he around the whole time in Atlanta? Ernie, have you ever seen a documentary about Ernie Johnson, Joe? I, I know that his son plays a huge part in his life and how that whole dynamic works. Father. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've seen some stuff. Learning. Yeah, I remember his dad uh, used to announce Atlanta Braves baseball. Yes. I used, I used to watch that with my grandfather, so that was a memory we've got, uh, we have of Ernie Johnson Sr. Um, but, he, you know, Joe, he's really a, a, like a devoted family person. Like, if he's not uh, at the studio, he's usually at home uh doing something in the backyard or fishing with his family he's really not up on all this stuff so he is because he's around these guys he he does baseball. he's got good producers they, dodger <laughs> fans don't like ernie johnson very much because every time ernie does a dodger game it he's he, people sense that he's he's always homering against them but uh ernie's yeah, around. they said the same thing about buck martinez too yeah i, I i've i've i, I I, I recent, very recently realized that people, both sides say the same thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. How can you cheer for one or the other and then both think the other one's against the other? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, I know Stan Van Gundy is always against the Lakers. That's for sure uh, whenever he's done some color there. But Ernie, um, Ernie is around NBA basketball. What do basketball players want to be if they're not basketball players? They want to be hip-hop guys. So why wouldn't he know who Rick Ross is? That's the culture in that in that in that sport. <laughs> I'm just saying, Rick, Rick, what Rick Ross if talks he, if about. Now, if, he, if, Rick, he, if he knew who too, if he knew who too short was, you know, San Francisco <laughs> legend, then I'd be like, damn, Ernie, all right, I didn't know it was like that. Because <laughs> I got a lot of friends who are from the Bay, and you know, too short's like that guy, right? Um, so yeah, I, I, I think Rick Ross is a, is mainstream enough to where I, I don't think I, I would have been surprised that he didn't know who he was. So let's close out the schedule, uh, with the final five games of the season, the Lakers are at home on early April, April 6th for against Cleveland. After that final huge road trip that they have, they are at home on April 6th against Cleveland. Then they have the next night against Minnesota. So that's a back to back for them. Two days later, they're at home against Golden State, and they finish up on the road at Memphis and at New Orleans. Your thoughts on that, Magic Man? Again, those are five potential playoff teams in the mix right there for you to close out the season. 
we might not need those wins, but there's a good chance that we will because of the West, how stacked it is that we need to go at least three and two in those final five games. Yeah. You know what, Gerald, it'd be really nice if we uh, got off on a really hot start and were able to have a couple of those wins in our back pocket, right at the end. So we didn't need them. Ah, could be tough. Um, Yeah. I I think that might be a, like a, I'm hoping for like a four and one stretch there, but thinking more likely it's three and two. But yeah, that's a bu- that's a buzzsaw to end the year too, especially if you're in a tight race, and uh, you're looking up at somebody and you need, you know, one or two games. Um, that could be the difference. Joe, any thoughts thoughts on those final five games before we head on out, my friend? I think their placement in the playoffs will be almost determined by then, anyways. Um, in the, in those cases, I'd say. Some Last, of those teams might be just sitting players down. Yeah, um, I, I'd like to think they can beat Cleveland at home at that point on a Saturday and then Minnesota the next night. But let's say they split that. They have a very good – Just they've always, even when they were terrible, always had good games against Golden State and, and, and important games. So I'm going to say they beat Cleveland at home on Saturday and then lose to Minnesota on Sunday on a back-to-back because the Lakers are going to probably rest some guys then, right? Then they play Golden State a couple nights late, later. They win that, and then now they're two and one. They play Memphis two uh, three days later. Let's say they lose that, and then they beat New Orleans to finish out the regular season. So three and two is is a is a is a pretty safe number after a seventy seven game season. At that point, I'll take a three and two record to finish the last five games. If we can get four and one. And it means we get a spot that's better. Let's say we're able to jump from four to three because of it. Cool. But I think spots will probably be set, especially if the Lakers are in the top four. They, they'll be set by then. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. That has been our Lakers breakdown for the schedule for 2023-2024. The deep dive you've been waiting for and the deep dive you've been asking for on the Lakers schedule I'm glad that we got a chance to do it on a Friday night here to start our Lakers weekend. Again, we have Team USA recap on Sunday, hopefully in combination with either the Lakerholic Spotlight at 2 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday or scheduled right around 6 or 6.30, still trying to figure that one out, for a team recap or team preview of the New York Knicks with Chris Jose LeBron He does a great job on his own end with his sports network. So go ahead and make sure you catch us our thoughts on the Knicks coming up here on Sunday as well. But guys, uh, some overall thoughts, Uh, you know, the schedule is not pretty, you know, magic man put in the comments exactly where it's being rated and to our chagrin, it's not being rated on the low end. It's being rated on the high end as far as difficulty is concerned. So the Lakers will, if they do get to be in the top four in the Western Conference, they will have earned every bit of it. Your thoughts, guys. Uh, Sean, I'll start with you first before we head on out. Yeah, Gerald, it's uh, it's really quirky. And again, just to reiterate, I think, um, you know, just just the NBA in-season tournament kind of um, just changed the schedules just subtly enough where it, it's it's – causing these weird quirks with everybody. 
Lakers have 15 back-to-backs. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, either Milwaukee and or Phoenix has above 10 as well. Some teams barely play on national television. So, I mean, it, you have to deal with the cards in front of you. You can only play the team that's in front of your schedule. It's a little rough to start. It's a little rough to end it. Hopefully, we can smooth out the edges uh, in between those uh, 55 games. And I still think, you know, like you said, Gerald, 47 to 50 wins, I think, is is still reasonable given the dip strength of schedule. Joe, any last thoughts on the schedule before we head on? I know we're going to be hitting it uh, at various points during the season and maybe even upcoming, but glad I got, glad we got the chance to do it, and I'm glad we got the chance to go ahead and talk about the schedule in detail. But any last thoughts, my friend, on the schedule? before? When you delve into the schedule, it becomes a very favorable schedule. The long road trips are all preceded by really, really long homestands. So there's no excuse. There's going to be very little excuse. There are no... Mountain time back-to-back games in Utah and Denver, which is the first time in the ever in my life that I can remember that, right? So we have no excuses. We have no excuses. We, I, should, I shouldn't say we. The Lakers have no excuses. They have a very, very favorable schedule. You have to play 41 games on the road, and you have to play 41 on the, at home. But the way it's structured is extremely advantageous to that team. Because you're sitting at home practically almost a month the first time and almost six weeks in the t- same time zone. And most of those games are at home. You're not really flying to Portland or, you know, like you're flying to Phoenix. It's a freaking 50 minute flight. You're flying to Sacramento. It's a 50 minute flight. So if you're going to sit there, you'd be like, uh, uh. I flew for 50 minutes. I'm tired. Okay, you know what? Just retire. But anyways, (laughs) I like the schedule. I believe if the Lakers were able to muster 43 wins and two series wins last year with a one-legged LeBron, a burnt-out AD, and a basically bunch of misfits, right, put in all in this mix of stuff at the last minute, guys, we're going to have continuity, and we have a guy that's already showing that he's he's looking like he's improving, which is Austin Reeves, and he'll be in game shape before he even hits the courts at training camp. We have everything going for us right now except for a big man, which they will get at some point between now and the trade deadline. I am sure of it, hopefully sooner rather than later, whoever that is. I'm not saying who. And... We just need to hope that LeBron can maybe play like he did last year, minus the overplay. That's it. That's it. I I feel I feel very confident. Not Laker Tom confident, because for all we know, Laker Tom thinks the Lakers are going to win 65 games. No. But I feel that if the Lakers win 50 games, they're going to uh, solidify a top four seed. In, however it gets, two, three, four. And then at that point, if they're if they're they're not burnt out from the regular season, if Darvin Ham was able to muster some of that Greg Popovich uh, rotation setup in 2014, the Lakers will make a run, and I believe the Lakers will win the championship. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Join us for Lakers weekend, Lakerholic spotlight on Sunday afternoon. I feel like I'm preaching a lot tonight. 
That's okay. We don't mind. Does this sound no. preachy? No. Actually, no. Uh, we kind of like it. You're not mad at anyone this time. You're just telling people how it is, and you're you're talking about exactly the parameters of what's going on with the schedule and, and how the quirks and how the Lakers can take advantage of it. We found it very insightful and actually some of your best work. There you go. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. But you know they want to rant, my friend. They want to uh, rant. Well, rants are only good when they're legitimate. If I start to rant for no reason, then I'm turning into all the other buffoons on TV. That's for sure. So I need a good thing. I need a reason to rant. The USA team's 4-0 already. The Lakers have a good schedule. Uh, Austin Reeves is playing well already, even though he hasn't started yet. LeBron seems to be doing really well with his training. AD looks like he's getting ready for a bodybuilding competition. What's there to rant about? I mean, I could rant about other things, not basketball. But well, see, there you go. You, S1 Nico says, I prefer Mad Joe. I know you guys know. do. I know. Believe me. I, I, I get it. And that's – it's. I, 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 I can give you guys rants. Uh, I just need to – I like to make sure it's at the right moments too because I think it has more of a, 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 an effect that matters instead of just hot air. And then, you know, last time I ranted, I think Gerald got mad at me too. Really? Yeah. I don't called know. me you, a show. You Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was, yeah. Okay. But if you ran about something else, I'm not mad at you all the time. I mean, <laughs> nice. sometimes your rants are really, Joe, you know. Just say something else. How about NBA refs? That's too easy. Okay. Yeah, By the way, the refs suck in international ball, too. Maybe we just. Oh, they're worse, man. Maybe, maybe, they're we worse. Need, we, maybe we just need to come to grips that This is all, how they ref. This all, is how they ref with their all eyes All referees low. suck. Oh. All of them suck in every sport. Angel Hernandez can't even get the judge to give him anything. Nothing. He's like, no, no. He'll come back. No, no. It's it's just not, we're not a, I think society is, is, is so technological at this point. It, it's impossible for a referee to really be effective anymore. Whereas before, you can ref without worrying about 45,000 cameras on a play that is at the ass end of the court and you're, the ref's supposed to turn into Inspector Gadget and, and, and know exactly what happened at the split second it happened, right? I'm just saying, it's impossible. My beef with the refs is why are you calling a foul when you don't see it? Remember I told you guys the differences? So if somebody gets fouled, and you don't see it, okay, you didn't see it. But if you call a foul, and in the replay, there is nothing hitting his arm, why did you call a foul then? You didn't see it. There, you got a little rant there. <laughs> it's a repeat one, but it's a good one. Uh, yeah, you guys right. Uh, Ty Ty Washington just got cut by the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think he's still a Tanta player. He's a first-round draft pick from last year for Houston, so uh, he could still be available as far as someone to fill just out the roster. As long as he can cut one of those ties. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of stupid. Uh, but that's part of his name. That's part of his thing. Yeah. Well, but change. I will say <laughs> he needs to get on a team first. We'll start calling you Gerald Glass, Glass, Glassford. Oh, my gosh. Please don't. But <laughs> <laughs> Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. I'm going to go get the papers. Get the papers. Just be uh, make sure. I was just watching join. that, by the way. <laughs> Tie two times. Tie two ties. 
Yeah, see, there you go. You got a, you got a nickname. Tie two ties. Join us Sunday for the Lakerholic Spotlight, 2 p.m. Pacific. And then also uh, Sunday night, I think we're going to go ahead and have a team profile of the New York Knicks with Chris Jose LeBron joining us then. Want to make sure everyone gets a heads up on what Laker Tom's latest article is all about. The 10 questions 10 Laker players must answer to win a championship. So you go ahead and check it out. It's very uh, interesting to say the least on the questions he's asking. Yeah, I know. Smack those bottles together indeed. As when Nico says, attaboy, Joe, I knew you had it in you. Adam Hurley says they say that you couldn't go near Jordan without them calling a foul. Well, Phil Jackson used to say Michael Jordan got fouled on almost every play. Well, we that same thing we see, we're going for Shaq. He did get fouled seemingly on every play. So, yeah, if you looked at the tape, you would see him just like our people pulling on his arms, his shoulders, trying to jump on his back each and every time. It's what happened there. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Thanks so much for watching, listening. We'll be back for sure on Sunday. Look, go ahead and give you a Team USA recap. Also, as well, going to go ahead and hopefully give you a team preview of the New York Knicks. And, of course, Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom will be back to go ahead and hopefully argue to Art Entertainment. It's always great when they argue. I just have to drop in Christian Wood probably if I'm on with them. and They'll probably get them started. But we'll see what happens. But it is also Lakerholic Spotlight. Looking forward to it. Please go ahead and let anybody know out there that's a Lakers fan in your life to go ahead and go subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Please do so because it really is appreciated, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, like our page. doesn't matter. Just go ahead and support us any which way you can because it's always appreciated. And here's hoping you have a fantastic, safe, and dry Lakers weekend because it's going to be a very wet one for most of us out here in the West. But please have a great Lakers weekend right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.